0: Good morning. My name is Pastor David Pray. I'm one of the pastors here at Brewster Baptist Church and this morning I'd like to welcome everybody who's watching online and everybody in the sanctuary for uh, joining us with service this morning. This summer is a great time to see family and I know many of you guys have been hosting family and friends that have come down to the Cape. For some of you you have gone off Cape and seen family. Um, a few weeks ago Um, I got to enjoy my family. We went back to the state of Wisconsin. My wife and I are both from Wisconsin. And we were able to go back home. And what's cool about my family is is that everybody takes off the first week of July to spend time um, with our family. And I have three other siblings, and my parents are still alive. And so we gather at my parents' house, 24 of us, underneath one house. And I actually have a photo of the house. As you can see, it's not a huge house. It's just a... And actually, the garage makes up a third of it, honestly. Um, But honestly, it's just a time that we just love coming together. It's just absolutely fun. Um, It's a four-bedroom house, two baths, and only two showers for 24 people. And uh, like I said, we just love it. We love coming together. We play a lot of games, whether it's outdoor games, board games, cards, putting together puzzles, we have campfires at night. We have 4th of July fireworks. And we, shit, we sit around and we share stories. And, of course, we, there is always a lot of food. No doubt about that. And at night, you know what? We just sleep everywhere in this house. We have makeshift bedrooms downstairs. We have people on couches and um, cots. It's a sight to see, let me tell you. And I know what a bunch of the moms are thinking right now. Who takes care of the food for 24 people? And I will just let you know that we take turns cooking meals. This year, my night was Tuesday night, and we did tacos and fajitas for everybody, for 24 people. But I would like to say that the highlight of our week is always my mom's birthday. Because my mom's birthday is on July 2nd, and her only wish, she has two wishes. One is that we all come back home, and the second one is that we have a family portrait done. And so we get a family picture, and I have a picture for you guys. That is my immediate extended family. And it just keeps, everybody gets older every year. It's amazing. And uh, people often ask me, is it easy living with 24 people in one house for five to six days? And the answer is, not always. There are times where you have to offer love and grace and patience especially when you're waiting in line for a shower or a bathroom. But I will tell you, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love my family, and I hope you guys are enjoying your family and friends this summer as well. Currently, we are in a new series called The Bible. It's the story of love, belonging, redemption, and hope. And each week, we're going to highlight one book of the Bible, along with a story from that book. And there are 66 books in the Bible, if you remember that. And we've covered Genesis, Exodus, and now we're on the third book. And hopefully you guys know what it is. It's the book of Leviticus. Yes, I knew that you guys all know these things. Just highlighting these things for you. And the book of Leviticus is a, a book about how to live with God and how to live with each other. The central message of the book is really about that God is holy and he wants his people to be holy as well. And God truly cares about the holiness of his people. In the book of Leviticus, when you start reading it, it's almost like a manual. It's a manual of laws. And these laws were given to the Jewish people. And God shows one group called the Israelites. He set them apart from all the other nations And he showed favor upon them, and he showed them and he established patterns of life for the people and the ways they were to worship him, but also how to treat each other in love. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at one chapter, and we're going to look at 18 verses, which is a lot of verses in my book, but 18 verses, and we're going to take some thoughts from this. So I'm going to read to you Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 through 18. It's kind of long, so bear with me and follow along on the screen behind me. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbath. I'm the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourself. I am the Lord, your God. And when sacrifices, a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifices in such a way that it, w- that it will be accepted on your behalf. It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it, or on the next day. And anything left over until the third day must be burned up. And if anything is eaten on the third day, it is impure. and will not be accepted. Whoever eats it will be held responsible, because they have desecrated what is holy to the Lord." They must be cut off from their people. And when you reap the harvest of the land, do not reap to the very edges of the field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over the vineyard a second time or even pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by the name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. But fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great. But judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt. And do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Wow. Now that is a lot of verses. And thank goodness for you, we have an 11 o'clock service. Well, we're we not going to go line by line on these things. But as I was reading these verses, there were two thoughts that I want to share with you this morning from these verses. The first one is Leviticus 19.2. It simply says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel, and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And if you flip over a chapter, there's another verse very similar. I want to read that to you as well. So from Leviticus 20, 26, it says, You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from the nations to be on your own. See, in the book of Leviticus, we see God as holy. And we see his people to be holy. In chapter 19, we see that God gives the people a bunch of laws to live by. And these laws were there to help the people live lives that were pleasing to God. And God says to Moses, and he wants them to share with the people, he says what? He says, be holy because I am holy. God is saying, I have set the Israelites apart From all other nations. And I want you to be my example. I want you to be my example to the nations. I want you to live according to my laws. And these laws were intended to form a nation that displays God's holiness. And God is saying to the Israelites, I want you to live your life with holiness. I want the nations, I want the people to see when they meet you, there is something different among you. Because God lives with you. And I believe that God is saying that to our church as well. Jesus came to fulfill the laws. When we accept Jesus Christ in our life, we are forgiven. We are offered grace. And God has given us holiness. And God wants to see our life as holy and pleasing to him. Now, I realize I use the term holy and holiness. And that can be a very intimidating word. It just is. But what is holiness? To me, holiness is just being obedient to God. It's honoring God with my actions and my speech. And I believe this is very important God. See, God wants us today to be holy as God wants the Israelites to be holy I'm reminded of a New Testament passage, and Jesus was asked, he said, you know what, there's 613 laws in the Old Testament. You know, what is the most important? In Jesus' response in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, which is very similar to what Patty read earlier, it said, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind, And this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the laws and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You know, the picture that I have in my mind is that what God cares about is God cares about my vertical relationship with him. Think about me here, God up there, and God cares about that relationship immensely. God cares that we choose to love him. God we love God because of our obedience to him. We love God because of our relationship with him. So let me ask you a question. Is How is your relationship with God when you look at it vertically? Are you happy with it? Are you saying to yourself, you know what? You know what? I could really use some help in this area. The reality is that we all need to be growing in our relationship with God. You know, I'm glad that you're here on a Sunday morning. I'm glad that you're watching on a Sunday morning. But one hour is just not enough. God wants to hear from us more often. And I was thinking to myself, well, how do we hear from God? Or how do I talk with God? And one of the simplest things is by praying to him. We can just spend the first five minutes before we even get up out of bed and just pray to God and say, God, I invite you to be part of my day. It could be in the evening as we go to bed and we can just be thankful for the day he's given us. And we may even lift up prayers for family members. We may be praying for our next day. Or you can be a lot like me in the chaos of life, daily, sometimes hourly. And I will just go to God and say, God, just grant me patience with this person. Or God, I need your help. Because I'm nervous about this, or God, I need your intervention. I just need you to be part of my life. See, I think God loves hearing from us. Another thing that we can do is we can read our Bibles. What I tell people to do is, you know what? Just read one chapter a day. And the reason why I say read one chapter a day is just it does two things for me anyway. One, it helps me learn more about God, and the second thing it does is helps me focus upon him and not upon myself sometimes i get to focus way too much upon myself and my needs and when i read the bible it puts me it recalculates things and it's like, you know what what's most important it's god and god's going to help me through whatever thing that i'm going with but reading the bible and praying helps my relationship with god and i just believe the more you turn to god the more you will see holiness in your life. And God wants you to be holy, just as God is holy. And I believe that God will meet you if you make time out for him. But it's a choice. And that really leads me to my first point, is simply is that God is holy. And God desires us to be holy like him. And it's a choice that we have to make. It's up to us to make that choice. And that's just simply my first point. And as I thought more about the passage, it leads me really to my second point. And I don't even know if you guys read the Cape Cod Times, but I read the Cape Cod Times. And it's just our daily newspaper here on the Cape. And um, it's interesting, the last few weeks, they've been running articles about how rude people are on the Cape, in businesses. And um, everybody knows that we are just short staff, whether you go into a business, a restaurant, a grocery store everybody's looking for help. Lines are taking longer to get through because there's just not enough people helping. And this past week, there was an article, um, and it highlighted one of the stores. It was called the Dennis Village Mercantile. I don't know if anybody saw this, but they had this article on in there, and I love the sign that they had. It says, mask optional, kindness required. And the store is actually a great store. It makes a lot of uh, sandwiches and pastries, serve coffee. And last week, there was a guy who came in, and he ordered a sandwich at the store. And this customer became so irate because the wait time became longer and longer. He started cursing and yelling at these two employees. And then long before, what he did was he took the tip money of some of the tip money, and he took it with him, and he left the store in a huff. And somehow the Cape Cod Times heard about this. And unfortunately, this isn't a one-time thing. There was another store here in Brewster. It was a restaurant. And it was, it was in the paper like two weeks ago that uh, the waitresses were being, were, um, the customers were being so rude to these waitresses that the owner decided that he would shut down the store for the next day to let people know this is not the way you treat people. And I share this with you because increasingly here on the Cape, we're seeing a lack of love and a lack of patience with people and how we treat people. And when I find and when I I read chapter 19, verses 3 through 18, it's all about how we should treat people. And I think to myself, why did God put these verses or why did he put these laws? It's because I think they were probably struggling with some things. God wants us to treat people with love and care and respect and compassion. And when I look, when I read these verses again, I just picked a couple of them. I mean, just think about what he says. God says, do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. God also cares for the poor and the outcasts of society. See, I think God gave this because he truly cares about how we treat people. It's a reflection upon him. God cares for the outcast. God cares for the poor. God cares for each person that we come across. And when I read Leviticus 19.18, I think it's at the heart of God's law. And I just want to read that verse to you again. It says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. I think God cares very much how we treat one another. Not only does God care about our relationship with him, that vertical relationship, but God cares very much about our horizontal relationship with each and every person that we come across, which leads me really to point number two is simply God cares how we treat one another. We need to choose to love our neighbor see i believe the way we treat our neighbor is just another form of holiness how we treat people reflects on our love for god when we think about our love for god it has everything to do about how we treat other people we're showing reverence to god when we treat our neighbor with love care and respect it pleases god when we choose to love people And as Christians, we are called to be different in this world because of God's love that he has for us, and we should expend that in joy to other people. And I believe as Christians, we're just set apart to show other people Christ's love in our life. This past two weeks, um, I'm an NBA basketball fan. And uh, the NBA championship was taking place. It was between the Phoenix Suns and my favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks. And I know that, you know, since the Celtics weren't part of it, most of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. But it was the NBA championship, and the idea is your team has to win four games out of the seven that it's played. And the uh, Phoenix Suns started off really good. They won the first two games, and then my mighty Milwaukee Bucks won two games to tie it up, and then we won two more games to win the series. And anybody who wins a series, if you're a fan, you want to watch the post-game, you know, interviews. You did this with the Patriots. I know you did. And uh, so I stayed around, stayed awake for the post-game, and they brought in the players, and they congratulated. They brought in the coach, they congratulated. But it was when they brought in the losing coach that it just, you know, really kind of touched my heart. And his name was... Um, Monty Williams, he's the coach of the Phoenix Suns. He's a strong Christian, really classy guy. And he got up there, and they was asking him questions, and he just shared how difficult this loss was. You know, losing the NBA championship, and how his players gave everything that they gave, and how his assistant coaches gave everything that they had. And the coach was fighting back tears, as you can imagine, because, you know, this is the you know the high point of their careers. And, you know, he was, you know, definitely holding back tears. But it's what the coach did next that caught everyone by surprise. See, Monty Williams is known as a really classy guy. He's a devout Christian, just a true character. And he got up and he left that table. and And I want to just read it to you. It says, the sports commentator said, they've never seen this before, but the coach of the Suns went into the opposing locker room to offer congratulations to the champions. So imagine this. You are the losing coach. You just got done with your, po- your conference, post-game conference, and then you walk in to the team that just won, that's celebrating. And he walks in, and like everybody just stops. And he says to them simply, you guys have played a great game. You guys deserve the championship. And he went on and said many nice things about the players, and he congratulated them pers- personally, and it just surprised everyone. And the reporters took notice upon this, and they wrote articles the next day about Monty Williams and a class act that he did. And many of them, if you read the article, it says, you know, I hope this coach wins an NBA championship sometime in his um, coaching profession. See, as Christians, we are called to love our neighbors. And I firmly believe that God cares a lot about how we treat one another Whether they're family members, whether they're people at work, whether they're the opposing team that we're playing against, people in our neighborhood, or even people we don't even know. So let me ask you the question, how are you doing at loving your neighbor? How are you doing at loving your neighbor? See, I started this sermon out, remember, with my family. 24 people sharing two bathrooms and two showers now you can imagine with 24 people there's quite the personalities in this family and let me tell you it is a choice to choose love because not everybody's perfect in this family there are times where you want to go to the bathroom and there you're like number third or fourth in line to get to this bathroom You learn by day two, you're not taking that shower at 7 a.m. It may be 1.30 in the afternoon when that shower is open. But you do it because of love. There's times when you wake up in the morning and the young kids, you went to bed late because you were talking to your brothers and sisters, and the young kids wake up at 6 a.m. And uh, they're playing on the floor, and it sounds like a herd of elephants going back and forth, and by 7 a.m., You are up. But it's a choice to show love. Yeah, is it difficult? Yeah. But God calls us to love our family. God takes notice by our actions. And we honor God by our actions. And when we exhibit holiness in God's eyes when we show love. I have another story for you. Um, as many of you know, my daughter Rachel, she graduated from high school here at Nassau High School. And what do you do as a parent? You go and buy a banner and you put your picture your your daughter on front of it, and you embarrass her. but you are so proud that she graduated from high school. and so we put this picture in this banner up in front of our driveway, so when people walk by or drive by, they see my daughter and um, one day I was coming home from a church meeting. it was eight thirty at night and uh, I noticed that there's flowers, a vase with flowers on the front porch. I'm like, that's kind of strange. And so I, you know, pick them up and I bring them inside and and I have no idea who they're for and I find out they're for Rachel. And I said, Rachel, who sent you flowers? And she goes, I have no idea. And we're all like looking at these flowers. They're beautiful flowers. And she opens up the card and it just says, um, from your neighbor up the hill across the street. And we thought, that's kind of weird they're rentals they're only here for the week and so I thought to myself wow I'm going to come up the next day you know it's evening so I wait till the next day and um, I go up there and I knock on the door after I got done with work and I said hey I just want to say thank you so much for sending my daughter flowers <laughs> the husband said it wasn't me let me go get my wife <laughs> So the wife comes out, and I said, you know, that was really nice of you that you sent flowers to my daughter. And she basically said, you know, I just felt like I got to know her this week. You know, every time I pulled in the driveway, she was right there. And every time I left the driveway, she was right there. And I know, you know, I have four, she goes, I have four kids, and last year, my youngest graduated from high school. And she didn't get to participate in a lot of stuff because of COVID. And I bet it was difficult for your daughter this year. So I wanted to do something nice for her. So I gave her flowers. And it just melted my heart. I was blown away by that love. And the woman went on and she talked about it. She goes, She goes, I actually met your wife at the pond a couple of days ago. And she is just the nicest person. And I met your daughter, and they shared about things that we should be doing. And she shared with me that, you should, that she should go, see, go to Skate Beach to watch the sunset. I live in Orleans. And, and so we did last night, and we saw it, and it was so beautiful. And when, after seeing that beautiful sky, I just knew I had to buy your daughter flowers. And like I said, it just touched me. When I think about choosing love, I thought about that woman who brought my daughter flowers. It made my daughter's day, and it made my day. Showing love by just giving flowers, a small token, but a big deal. There are so many ways that we can show love to our neighbor, but it's a choice. It's a step that we have to take to do it. I'll leave you one last story it's about, you know, we try to get to know our neighbors. Um, as many of you know, you have some people are rentals, and they just, they come and go every week. But then we have the people that stay here year-round, and so we got to know another family that's a year-round residence. And they have a daughter that's in my, um, in Hannah's class, Hannah's 11. And we got to know them the last two years, and they're from Washington, D.C., And uh, they moved out here, and so we got to know them, and we started, you know, inviting them over for dinner, and we had board game nights, and then we hit COVID hit. And what happened? You didn't see anybody. And after a couple months, we started texting each other, like, hey, how are you surviving, and so forth, and we just kept that connection. And as COVID is, you know, released, we started doing outdoor walks together, and so forth like that. And and as we get to know them, we, we understand that Uh, they understand that i'm a pastor of a church and they let me know that you know what um that's great for you but not for us they're probably closer to being buddhist than they are to being christians but you know what we pray for them and we pray that god will just you know like open up their heart and their eyes and maybe god will use us to be part of that maybe he doesn't but i just think god has called us to love our neighbors and that we are the examples That God, when they see us, our hope is that they see God. And that's kind of a challenge for each and every one of us. Because God really does care about how we treat and how we love our neighbor. Now imagine for a minute if each person in this room took time this week and made a conscious choice to love your neighbor. Imagine how they would feel. Imagine our community would change because we actually show love towards each other. See, I want you to remember that it all started with God. God is holy, and God has loved us, and he's forgiven us. And what God wants us to do is to share that love with other people, and they would be pointed to him So my challenge for you this coming week is just twofold. The first one is choosing to love God. Spend some time with him. Spend time praying to him. Spend time reading the Bible. Or even watch Pastor Doug's devotional. He does a daily devotional, and it's on our website. Just go watch it. It's awesome. Or the second thing I challenge you to do is choosing to love your neighbor. Do something nice. To a neighbor, show kindness and love. Remember, our neighbor is our family. It's our friends. It's our co-workers. It's the people that live in our community. It's even the people we don't even know. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come together and we thank you for your word. I thank you that you call upon us to be holy and help each of us, Lord, to love you first and foremost. And help us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Lord, take, help us to take these challenges, to love you and to love our neighbor, and to actually execute it and to do something about it. Because, Lord, we know that our neighbors need your love and your grace and forgiveness. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.